We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lost Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to a celebratory Inside the Huddle show as we break down Indiana's big win at Purdue in the bucket game. Uh, yesterday, they knocked off the Boilers 54-36, earning their sixth win, making them bowl eligible for the first time since 2007. It is their third straight bucket win, another feat that hasn't been uh, done in a while since 1947. So, uh, you know, congratulations all around. Uh, a lot of smiles yesterday at uh, Ross Aid in uh, terms of uh, cream and crimson. Uh, we're bringing in our co-host uh, TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? And uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Well, it was great. Yeah, Thanksgiving was great, and uh, and the Saturday after Thanksgiving was was great. It's always good to have extended time off work, and uh, you know we we were able to experience something that as IU football fans we don't get to experience near as often as we'd like, but. Uh, it's certainly something to savor when it does happen. And, um, you know, I, I know that uh, nationally it doesn't register a lot. Um, even regionally it might not register all that much. But uh, for, for the IU football program and historically what it has been, um, you know, this this group of players and coaches was able to accomplish something uh, that they definitely should be proud of. And, uh, it was just a lot of fun to watch them them get to celebrate that on the field and uh, be rewarded for for how far they've come as a group. Yeah, and it got some uh, national recognition uh, with Divine Redding's uh, hurdle over a defender. Uh, Lolo Jones is yes. on Twitter uh, breaking it down. I think she gave him a C minus on form, uh, which I thought was harsh. He looked pretty good uh, jumping over that defender. Um, but she's the Olympic athlete, and I am, uh, let's say, I am not the Olympic athlete. So uh, we're going to bring in other uh, Hoosier Huddle writer, Nick Holmes. Uh, Nick, you watched the game from home yesterday. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? It's great to be on after a win again. Yeah, we're doing excellent. It's always uh, great to talk about a win, and and we'll have a couple more shows uh, you know, full-time shows going forward with uh, the bowl. Uh, first, I want to ask uh, TJ, you know, what about this game stood out to you? Well, I think, you know, in the pregame uh, show on Wednesday, you know, the, the main thing that we talked about was just playing with expectations. You know, it doesn't happen a lot, but uh, Indiana was in a position where they were favorites in this game on the road, uh, and had to had to go, you know, it's not the most hostile place, but had to go into a into an enemy territory and play with something on the line. 
Uh, and I, I think what stood out to me was that these guys showed up in a big way. You know, it was over 300 yards rushing and passing, an incredibly balanced attack. And if, if we're being honest with ourselves, Indiana could have put up, you know, more than 700 yards very, very easily. Um, I, I think it's it's possible that they could have gotten to 800 if they really had the need to push themselves. Thankfully, the defense was able to, to make enough plays to do that. Uh, another thing that really stood out to me was that the defense, while not not a tremendous performance, uh, the defense did enough to contribute to the victory. Uh, they made enough big plays, whether that was turnovers forced in the uh, the fourth quarter or you know pressuring the quarterback. They were able to get consistent pressure on Austin, Austin Appleby, uh, level some big hits on him, you know, six sacks on the day and a lot more hurries than that. I think it was like ten tackles for loss total, so they were able to generate negative plays. Uh, and they, they did well enough on third down, uh, preventing too many uh, third and longs being converted. So I, I thought that the offense was really, really good on Saturday, and the defense uh, did their part. Overall, it was just a – a very good team victory. Um, Purdue's not a good football team, but uh, Indiana was able to really manhandle them, uh, kept them at bay. Purdue got within eight at one point, but Indiana really responded every time Purdue was able to to make it interesting. Uh, Yeah. uh, Nick, what did you take away uh, from the game as well? Yeah, I mean, in addition to just the offensive performance, it was just a play by uh, Nate Sudfeld for back-to-pack weeks. He's, he threw for over 350-plus yards, or 350 yards, and four touchdowns, no picks. So, obviously, that was really encouraging to see. Um, he actually had a couple rushing – he had a rushing touchdown this week and last week. So, that was obviously uh, – you know, it's exciting for him because although a lot of people don't want to admit it, sometimes your legacy – is tied to, you know, the win and loss column. And he has all these great statistics through his career. But I think getting to the postseason is really just the uh, the cherry atop his uh, career so far. And, and it's, with that, I mean, we were concerned maybe with Howard not being there. Um, obviously, Devine played great against Maryland, and he came out and had a solid game against Purdue. And then Ricky Brookings, uh, aside from that fumble, um, also looked good. And Andrew Wilson also gave some uh, really solid carries. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I'm really most proud about with this team yesterday was Purdue's continual chippy play, the personal fouls. They were trying to bait IU into to getting into their game, you know. And IU didn't retaliate. They had a bigger – they knew that they had a bigger mission at hand. They wanted to, you know, more than just beat Purdue, they knew the the – getting six wins was really what they were after. So they didn't get caught up in this little, you know, chip shot. I I was really proud of the team, and that just shows a lot of composure and discipline that has been instilled by Coach Wilson and his staff. Yeah, I had a huge huge smile on my face uh, when Andrew Wilson was able to uh, punch it in for a touchdown after, and I, I forget the player's name uh, that stepped on his face mask. But uh, after that player stepped on his face mask and just, I mean, there's no place for that. And um, Andrew Wilson was able to, instead of retaliating, getting a 15 yard penalty or one of the linemen retaliating or something like that, you know, they just gave the ball to Wilson. He 
pounded into the end zone, got the touchdown. That's how you get somebody back in football. That's how you do it. That's toughness in football. It's it's not, you know, it's not cheap shots after the play. It's not, you know, jawing off or making, you know, gestures every time you do anything. It's it's doing it on the field, and Indiana was able to do that on Saturday. So that's a good point, Nick. Yeah, I was going to bring that point up as well, Nick, was that, you know, as IU kept his composure, Purdue kind of lost it and blew their top. Um, you know, even on that Andrew Wilson play, the guy was grabbing his face mask as he was on the ground as well and then stomped on him and then looked around like he did nothing. So you could tell that, you know, Purdue was frustrated. It's not an excuse, but, um, you know, IU kept his composure and, and ultimately – you could see why IU has won three Bucky games in a row and why they have six wins mm-hmm. and while Purdue is, you know, and why Purdue is a, a two and ten team uh, who has beaten, you know, two two Big Ten teams in in three years. So, um, you know, they have their own issues. They have to figure out. Um, we'll see what they do. They did fire their, you know, their coordinators and um, basically cleaned houses of Hazel's staff. Uh, but Hazel will be back, and I, I think Hoosier fans uh, will agree that that is good news. Um, so, you know, it's uh, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, the thing that stood out to me, uh, again, was, you know, the, the running game. Uh, it was, you know, it had me nervous that Jordan Howard uh, was going to be out, uh, but you saw this offensive line impose its will. Uh, on Purdue, you saw Divine Redding with the big runs. Andrew Wilson, uh, like you said, ran the ball tough. Um, and I, I think the difference in the last few weeks that IU's had with the run game, even without Jordan Howard, is the addition of Brandon Knight at tight end. And he's been <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, Kevin Wilson has uh, said the last couple of weeks since Wake Forest how big of an how big of an absence Danny Friend had at tight end in blocking in the run game. And you saw the run game never really got going against Ohio State. Uh, it was absent against Penn State. Um, and then you saw it kind of get going at Rutgers, um, you know, Michigan State. They did okay. And then it really, the last, you know, Iowa, Michigan, Maryland, and Purdue really took off. So I think Brandon Knight really has um, – Really made a, a contribution on their uh, uh, on the offensive line blocking as a tight end, and he had a touchdown yesterday. Yeah, uh, everybody was calling a, a tackle eligible play uh, for those um, for for those who haven't watched the Hoosiers since uh, Wake Forest or since the beginning of the year. Like some of the reporters, uh, we know that Danny uh, that uh, Brandon Knight is now a tight end, and it was not a tackle eligible uh, play to number sixty two. Yeah, I thought that was a really good uh, good scheming as far as, you know, coming into the game, as you said, IU is missing a blocking tight end. So Purdue and everyone else's assumption is, well, this guy is strictly a blocking tight end, and he just kind of leaked out and, and was wide open. And, you know, I don't I don't know if they expected him to be that wide open, but he showed some pretty good hands for a offensive lineman. So tight end offensive lineman. Yeah, and, and another thing that, that IU will have uh, fun on tape with uh, was, I think, in the beginning of the third quarter when Devine had a big run and Sudfeld's running down there trying to get in somebody's way. Ended up getting it Devine Redding's way, 
Uh, but he's <laughs> down 40 yards downfield trying to block for him. So, um, you know, talking to Anthony Cassaro after the game, uh, Cassaro said he did not teach Sudfeld how to block. Um, so we'll, we'll find out who taught Sudfeld how to block downfield, and, and I'm sure the, the guys will give him a good time uh, in, in the film session. They're a happy bunch. Congratulations to the coach, uh, Wilson, and his staff and all the guys. Um, and it, it was quite the atmosphere festive atmosphere after the game there at Ross 8, although it was uh, very, very cold. Um, it, it was still fun. Uh, going forward, guys, uh, you know, it, it, Fred Glass met with the media yesterday uh, after the game. He, you know, I, I think I know what he was trying to say. I don't think he said it the way he should have said it. I think he was trying to say is that he wanted to enjoy this win uh, for the next couple days. Uh, which is fine. You know, this is the first time it's happened since uh, the late 40s. Uh, you're bowl eligible for the first time in eight years. So enjoy the win. And that's, you know, looking at Twitter yesterday, too, IU fans complaining that they should be 9-3. You're bowl eligible. Just enjoy it. Smile. Don't be miserable, people. Don't don't be <laughs> these, these fans who are, oh, we should have been 9-3. They say, you know, we got to get rid of the coach and change everything. You're bowl eligible. It was you know, I don't want to say mission accomplished, but you know, you hit one of your 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 milestones that you needed to hit. Um, so, you know, Fred came out and said he wanted to bask in the glow of this win, and we'll talk to to Kevin uh, later about uh, uh, contract extension. I, I think that Wilson does deserve an extension. Uh, Glass could have thrown a little bit more support around him. I think the next 13 days, I use coaches are out recruiting. I think it would be a great tool for recruiting to send these guys out uh, with a bowl bid and a contract extension to ensure uh, their future with the program. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What did you take away uh, from Glass's comments yesterday? You know, it's just what you said that, um, you know, this is what you said, you know, this is the third time that we've beat Purdue in a row, and it's the first time it's happened since. 44 through 47 when they beat them four times in a row. So let's let's enjoy this. Um, I imagine behind the scenes that there's been discussion, and and we've talked about this. There's probably been discussion, you know, after they've played four top 10, top 12 teams um, toe to toe, um, which hasn't happened in the recent history that I've watched IU. So I, you know, and with all these other jobs opening up and guys already being hired, it just seems like maybe he's. I don't know. He's probably not playing his cards too close. I think that, you know, discussions have been made, and they're just trying to figure out what makes most sense for Coach Wilson, his staff, because they, like you alluded to, Sammy, they need uh, they need a bump in pay as well. And it'll be interesting to see how things go. But, yeah, it would be a huge tool in recruiting when you can say, hey, guys, I'm not going to be around here for just the next two years. I'm signed up for the next Five years, five plus years, whatever whatever's most appropriate for for Coach Wilson and the program. Um, I'm sure they're looking into. Yeah, uh, TJ, um, what did you think? Did you think that that Glass is behind Wilson, or you know, is this kind of throwing to use a, a, a term the kids are using now? Throw shade at at Kevin Wilson's um, you know tenure as head coach. Well, I think other comments that I've seen from Fred Glass from yesterday uh, and from, you know, this entire season, uh, he's mentioned, you know, he's played, 
you know, IU has played the, I don't remember everything he said, but, you know, four top 25 teams very competitively and uh, et cetera, et cetera. He's, he's mentioned a lot of positives and then said, you know, Kevin Wilson checks all the boxes. Um, I, I don't, I haven't read or heard anything from Fred Glass that would indicate to me that he's thinking anything other than Kevin Wilson is the immediate future of this program. Um, as far as how long-term that goes, I don't know. That'll be for, for the department and for, for Kevin Wilson to work out. Uh, I do think an extension is, is deserved and, uh, and inevitable. I think it's just a matter of time before it, uh, before it gets worked out and gets announced. Um, as far as his comments yesterday, yeah, I agree with you. It, it wasn't perhaps worded uh, the best that it could have been. I don't know if he was maybe caught off guard to be asked about it, which, you know, he shouldn't have been caught off guard if that was the case. Um, those questions were, were definitely going to come. Uh, I think it as well as he could have. And, you know, part of that, I mean, this is going to be his first bowl game as the athletic director, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it's I, – I don't, I don't have any – doubts as to uh, an extension happening. I just I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be announced, but I do agree that it should be sometime here this week because, like you said, it can be an additional tool in recruiting, which, you know, is, is a big bonus. Uh, as we've seen with all these shakeups and coaching uh, positions, what's going to happen is a lot of guys are going to either decommit from a school that they were committed to because of a coaching change, or they're going to commit someplace here pretty soon if a coach that they really like goes to a program that they're already considering in the first place. Um, so that, that that's that's going to start happening as these jobs fill up because the first task for any coach as soon as he takes a new job is to first contact the guys that are on the team and considering like leaving for the NFL early or transferring. Uh, second thing is usually contact the recruits that are committed to that school, attempt to kind of re-recruit them and keep them there. And then after that, contact the recruits that, uh, that they had committed to their previous school uh, and get them. So guys are going to be recruiting really hard here these next few weeks. That's kind of the, the start of the second season of college football, while there's still some really important games going on uh, for the kind of the big schools, uh, the big name schools that are in title games, there's there's kind of this undercurrent that is these secondary programs, if you will, uh, all kind of recruiting, um, and then you know these extra practices that are coming up for Indiana as well. So it's a it's a huge time frame coming up. It's one that you know, we as Hoosier Huddle or we as Indiana fans don't have a lot of experience with. Uh, just, it hasn't happened since 2007, but um, I, I'm really looking forward to, number one, seeing what that bowl destination is going to be, number two, seeing who the opponent's going to be, and then number three, seeing kind of how recruiting is going to shake out because I think we all anticipate uh, this 2016 class starting to really take shape here in the next uh, the next few weeks, um, if kids, you know, as IU can approach kids with 
a bull bid and hopefully a contract extension for the coaching staff. Um, one thing I did want to mention before we put this Purdue game to bed, uh, I do want to kind of, I guess, congratulate or you know, give a shout-out or whatever, acknowledge the play of Andre Booker. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, we he's kind of an afterthought. I mean, he was a former walk-on um, that really I don't – I didn't expect anything out of him this season. He was buried on the depth chart at wide receiver. Uh, he has played more these past couple weeks and I thought had a very nice game against uh, against Maryland. And then uh, – you know, Simi Cobbs gets hurt, and kudos to him for battling back onto the field, but uh, he was not able to be a deep deep receiver threat. Uh, his speed was kind of zapped with the ankle injury. So Andre Booker stepped in, and Purdue got within eight. Nate Sepdog goes deep to Booker, and uh, that, that really sealed the deal for the Hoosiers, and it was good to see a, a senior, and I, I thought really a good example of uh, kind of the overall team victory that, to me, it really showed how much better the roster has gotten because injuries uh, to some key guys did not just kill Indiana's chances in a big game like that. They were able to uh, to rebound from those injuries and just plug guys in, and those guys made plays. Yeah, and to go back to, to Nate Sudfeld, he uh, climbed the top of uh, the IU career passing yards uh, list yeah. with that 72-yard uh, touchdown to Booker, uh, and that's his second long touchdown uh, in, in as many weeks. Um, yeah. I, I want to go back to, to recruiting a little bit. One comment is you see the teams that, you know, I you would love IU to, to um, compete with Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State and Penn State in recruiting, but you see the teams that are in IU's tier with Maryland, Rutgers, um, you know Purdue just fired their their staff. Uh, aside from uh, aside from Hazel, all these teams are kind of sputtering in the mud here. And IU, if you could get out there and say, "Hey, we have our staff, we're ready to go," you can really get a leg up on on some of these you know mid level mm-hmm. teams and and really make a dent in recruiting uh, that could push you maybe for the next couple of years. Uh, above Rutgers and Maryland in the Big Ten East and, and start trying to compete with the next guy up, uh, which would probably be Penn State, who did let their offensive coordinator go this year. Um, but let's move on to bowl destinations. Uh, it, it will not be announced until probably the Sunday after the championship game, so December 6th, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, some of the bowl games are flying around that I've heard uh, are the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. Uh, this, the Foster Farms Bowl in uh, Santa Clara, California. Uh, the Music City Bowl has been mentioned, but I think it is a long shot, and that's in Nashville. Um, I, I think they're past the Quick Lane Bowl, especially now that Illinois and Minnesota both lost uh, last week, and there are a whole bunch of five and seven teams, and that'll be really interesting to watch is which five and seven teams are going to get these, these bowl bids for, for games that can't fill spots. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, which bowl do you think IU is going to land in? Well, if I were a betting man, I would have to say, and this is for your benefit, Sammy, since you'll be able to go to this one quite easily, I'm thinking it's going to be the, the Penn Strike Bowl, um, just based on what we talked about earlier today. Penn State was in it last year, so therefore they can't be it in this year. Um, so that's that's who I would say. 
they'll probably end up against. I know that uh, people have found Louisville as their potential um, opponent. I'd like to see Virginia Tech in there. I think there's just a lot of uh, there's just a lot of reasons why that would be a, a compelling matchup. Virginia Tech always has a strong defense, so you know, strong offense, strong defense could be could be a an interesting uh, interesting impact. And plus, it would be Beamer's last game, so there's a lot around that. So there would definitely be a lot of publicity around that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not complaining about your pick, Nick. <laughs> uh, TJ, how about you? Where where do you think IU is is going to end up? I, I I have not dove into into my research on that yet. We are going to have a uh, for readers of our site, which we hope all of you are. Um, we are going to have a kind of a bull predictions uh, destination piece at some point this week. So uh, keep an eye out for that, and I'll. My answer for that will probably be different than what I say here just because I haven't dove in and done the research. I think Nick um, Nick's prediction makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned earlier to us that uh, Penn State was in that game last year. They're a team that kind of mirrors IU in terms of uh, bull swap. They're probably like one notch above IU uh, if you're just going by strictly like pecking order. Um, but they went to that game last year, so it's unlikely that the, that the Pinstripe Bowl or the Penn State administration would want to do that again. So that makes a lot of sense, and Virginia Tech would be a, a cool uh, cool opponent. You know, it's a, it's a good ACC program. Uh, Frank Beamer's last game, so the exposure there would be good. Uh, and they do have a common opponent this year in Purdue. So um, that's that would be an intriguing matchup, I think. I will just predict, and I, I have no clue until I do some more research, but the uh, the bowl in Santa Clara, and I I don't know you said the name of that, but I, I forget that bowl game. And opponent, the Foster I will Farms go bowl. Foster Farms Bowl opponent. I will go Arizona <laughs> State. Uh, it is one that uh, has been um, mentioned to me a couple different times. I've seen it online as a projection a couple weeks ago, so uh, we'll go with that one. I, I have no clue, but that that would probably be a complete shootout. Uh, <laughs> If that did happen, I, I think a lot of people would put that on the entertaining ones to watch. If you had uh, Indiana going against the Pac-12 team, yeah, kind of a uh, Rose Bowl of Jades, I guess. Sure, um, for all those farms out in Santa Clara, California, I think they they grow plums there. Maybe I don't know. Uh, will Wikipedia Santa Clara if they are going to Santa Clara? I am. <laughs> I do agree with. Uh, you know that's that's our all our sources of information come from Wikipedia. It is the number one source on the internet. <laughs> Nobody ever lies on it. Um, so you know if you're writing a paper and listening to this, please use Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> if you can't sense the sarcasm, uh, you can Wikipedia sense the humor as well. Um, anyway, I do agree with Nick. I think they're going to get slotted in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Penn State, I don't think is eligible for the Pinstripe Bowl since they went last year. I think rules dictate right. that they have to have uh, like eight or nine different teams over the next ten years, um, and oh. they would love to get Indiana in there. Um, so it, it was a really weird contract uh, with the ACC and Big Ten, but I think that was uh, part of the deal. Um, I think they'd love to get so, the Indiana, uh, the alumni base in New York there uh, would be uh-huh. fired up. It's not a bad trip uh, for Hoosier fans uh, to New York City. 
Um, who I see them playing, I, I've seen projections from Louisville last week to Miami of Florida this week. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see. Those are, you know, Miami is a, a big-name program and name only. They're kind of a tire fire this year. Um, but if, you know, like Fred Glass said yesterday, he wants to go to a bowl game where they play a national name, and playing a team like mm-hmm. Miami would be a playing a national team uh, who you could beat. And, you know, that's a nice, you know, the nice thing to put up in your trophy room is, you know, the pinstripe bowl trophy um, with, you know, beat University of Miami, uh, Florida, not Ohio, um, and and that that'd be a great thing to to sell some of these recruits, especially since they're recruiting more in Florida now. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I will be happy with any bowl game, um, and I, I will we will be there. Yeah, I just I'm thinking if that's the contract of the pinstripe bowl, which I, you know I'm, I'm sure it is. Uh, I, I'm kind of wondering like what other teams could actually be in that range then from the Big Ten, if not Penn State. Because the West teams, uh, they kind of have a haves and have-nots this year. You've got, you know, teams with nine and ten wins in Iowa. Uh, you know, since Minnesota and Nebraska uh, came up Illinois. there, Illinois came up short. Uh, I'm well, I think they wondering... have a, a pecking order, TJ, uh, where those bowls in Florida, I think it's what is the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, or whatever, yeah. they probably changed their names a gazillion times, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Um, they, they all have a different pecking order, and I think where IU would be, I like when the Pinstripe Bowl picks, IU would be the best option uh, there. Right. I think they do pick ahead of the Foster Farms Bowl, and it did depend on, on who won and lost yesterday's games. Uh, you know, Illinois lost. That was good for IU. That moved them up. And I think a lot of it's going to depend on uh, some of these playoff games and some of these New York New Year's Six games. If uh, the Big Ten yeah. can get two or three teams in there, it'll bump everybody up, um, everybody up a, a, a slot, and that, that'll help IU get a better bowl as well. Um, so you're saying guys, we're going to the uh, Outback we, Bowl? Uh, it'd right. be a lot warmer than the pinstripe bowl. Okay. Outback Maybe. bowl it is. All right. Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, uh, guys, we are out of time. Uh, half an hour goes quickly. Uh, do um, We will have our bowl, bowl projections out. I think Big Ten – Nick tweeted something out just a few minutes ago. The all Big Ten teams, uh, btn.com did it, uh, is out. We'll give you a recap of those real quick. Uh, guys, thanks for jumping on, and thanks for a wonderful regular season, and let's get ready for, for bowl season. It's the, the most wonderful time of the year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, everybody, that, uh, that's listened all season, or for those that are just tuning in for the first time. We'd we love to have you, and hope you hope you stick on this ride with us. It's going to be a, a fun month, or however long it is, heading up to the bowl game, and it's awesome to have IU in the postseason. Yeah, it's been a fun ride, a wild ride, uh, really, and we thank you for sticking with us. Uh, do come back to HoosierHuddle.com and follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore uh, dot com. If you want to support our site, we do have a link on Amazon um, on our homepage. I believe it's a textbook right now or the Hoosier shop. Uh, if you want to help support us, click on that. We get a, uh, you know, We get some proceeds from a referral bonus. 
Uh, so when you're doing your Cyber Monday shopping or your Christmas shopping, uh, do log on to Amazon and help us out. Uh, these guys work hard um, to bring you, uh, you know, some of the best coverage of IU football. So uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate all the work you've done. I know the Hoosier fans uh, love it, too. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and uh, we'll get cranking out on, on bowl predictions. All right, that does it for today's show. Uh, we will be back at some point. Um, we might not be back on Wednesday, but we'll figure out a full schedule. Like TJ said earlier, it is a new schedule for everybody. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and enjoy the rest of the week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 